Welcome to the Get Heard with Ian Roth podcast, where it is our mission to enable leaders to effectively engage and motivate their audience through written and verbal communication. Hey, everybody, how's it going? This is Ian from the Get Heard with Ian Roth podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to check out this podcast. I'm recording from a brand new studio slash dining room in Lancaster, Ohio with a brand new microphone that was loaned to me by my father-in-law. It is the Blue Snowball USB microphone. Let me know how it sounds. I've actually been considering getting one of these guys for a while, so it's awesome that I get to kind of give it a test run and see if I like it or not. It is, it's pretty portable. Um, as you all may or may not know, I really have been a fan of the Blue Microphone series ever since I got my first one in about 2009 or so, so 10 years, maybe a little over 10 years. I forget which model it is. If I have it in front of me, I'll be able to to tell you, but it's what I record all my other podcasts on when I'm not traveling, when I'm back at home in my home studio, and I absolutely love the products they made. They're in no way, shape, or form advertising this, but Blue, if you're listening out there for some weird reason, just want to say you guys are awesome, make awesome products, and I've been a loyal customer for years and just keep up the good work. So anyway, back to the topic at hand. That was an unwarranted and really an advertisement for a company that doesn't pay me any money. So back to the task at hand and today's topic. So today I'm going to go over three things that I hear people say or see in writing all the time that make them not only look not credible, but quite bluntly, pretty stupid. And these three things are huge pet peeves of mine. I just like, every time I hear someone say it, just makes, just irks me. And I get the nails on a chalkboard feeling in like down to my bones. So now, now listening to this episode, you will hear people all around you say these things. And I challenge you to just, you don't have to correct them on the spot. Please don't do that. And if you do, the, do, if you do, do that, please do not direct them to this podcast and tell them that I told you to do that. That's the absolute opposite of what I'm trying to do. But uh, oh, what the heck, if you want to do that and send them my way anyway, I would, uh, I would love any positive or negative feedback for this show. So um, again, these, these things are, some of these things have to deal with grammar Some of these things just have to deal with overall speaking, but three things to not make you sound like an idiot. Here they are. Number one of the things people say that make them sound like an idiot, and this one, I can already feel my blood pressure boiling, and I'm going to say it, and you're going to know what it is. It is when people use and misuse the word literally. I literally couldn't do that. I literally couldn't get out of bed. I literally had a heart attack. I hear this stuff all the time. I don't know where it came from. I don't know who was the patient zero of misusing this word because that is not what the word means. And we all know what the word means, or most of us do. Most of us know what the word means, but we just choose to maybe subconsciously just say it in this context where I literally died. How many times have you heard that? No, that's not what literally means. Sure, we're trying to provide emphasis. We're trying to dramatize something. But literally means actually. 
So it's in a way saying that, yes, this statement is 100% true and accurate. I'm literally dying of laughter. Well, no, I'm, I'm not dying of laughter. I'm not going to expire and cease to exist because of my laughter. Um, you know, I, I might have found something really, really funny and hilarious, but it is not killing me and I will not stop living because of it. So what would you say? I would say I am, I figuratively am dying of laughter, which doesn't sound nearly as cool or dramatic, but that is the correct word or the correct way to say it. So if you, if you don't want to say figuratively dying of laughter in this case, just say I was dying of laughter. That way, the person obviously knows you are not dying of laughter and you're not using the word literally incorrectly because, again, just people, I guess literally has just turned into one of those pop culture, cultural phenomenon words where, I don't know if it's cool to say it, I, I don't know. I, I don't know where it came from. Do not misuse the word literally or you will sound like a moron. Or, even better, to keep this positive, if you use the word literally correctly, you will sound like you are brilliant. No, maybe not brilliant, but you'll sound like you know what you're talking about. You'll sound like you are a credible person who can be trusted in providing further information in a conversation. And especially in a leadership role, you don't want to be standing in front of a group of 153 people saying, I literally died or something stupid, because if anybody in that group of 153 people has half of a brain, they're going to be looking around and saying, wow, my leader is a complete moron and sounds like a moron. So maybe my leader isn't a complete moron, but if, if you cannot speak somewhat grammatically correct, even somewhat eloquently, and eloquently is a very, very subjective term, you don't need to be some sort of famous order or Shakespearean figure to be able to speak well. But if you sound like an idiot and cannot use the English language, probably 50% with 50% grammatical correctness, people are going to make other assumptions of you, whether that's right or wrong, and how credible you are in your field or if you can be trusted and be someone that they will follow. So again, literally, it literally makes me so mad when people use this wrong and just how I use it there would be a correct way to use it. So write it down. Awesome. On to number two. And uh, there are so many here. This is probably going to be like a mini series because there are just so many here and this, there's just so many bugaboos of mine, but another one that I hear often and it is maybe not as popular for people to misuse or people don't often use these two words in the first place, but lesser and fewer. Lesser and fewer. So when do you use the word lesser or less than, or when do you use the word fewer or fewer than? Or let's think about it. My kids are playing in the park and my daughter has five trucks and they're playing in some sort of sandbox if kids even play in those anymore, I don't know. Probably not. But my daughter has five trucks in the sandbox. My son has three trucks in the sandbox. Does my son have less trucks than my daughter? Or does my son have fewer trucks than my daughter? Let's think about it. 
Is five less than or fewer than? Any kind of math class, you would say five is less than three, right? You, you use the little carrot sign with the, the point pointing to the left, and you'd say five is less than three. Cool. Good stuff. So my daughter has five trucks. My son has three trucks. So five is less than three. That is the correct way to say that. But who has the smaller amount of trucks? Well, my son has, does he have less trucks than my daughter? Or does he have fewer trucks than my daughter? That's right. So fewer is used when discussing countable things, things that you can count, things that you can say he has three, she has five, where Less is used for what are called singular mass nouns. So, for example, I can have fewer things that are countable, like ingredients, dollars, people, dogs, cats, homes, but less salt. I can have less money. I can have less love. If you can count it, it's fewer. If you can't count it, it's less. So can you count salt? Really, I mean, if you have a microscope and a whole boatload of time, yeah, you can. But no, I mean, it's not practical to count it. So that's why I would say I have less salt. Honesty or emotion, something I can't count. No, I, I, I can't count it, like I said, so it would be less. And the big one is here, the big one here is money. Can I count money? No, I cannot count money. I can count dollars, I can count coins, but money is this, like, like it's called a singular mass noun. So I cannot count this singular mass of money, so I have less money than Jim, whereas I have fewer dollars than Jim. You see what that is? So less and fewer, something that even if you use these incorrectly, more likely than not, a person will not know the difference, unless it just sounds extremely awkward and you really, really butcher it up and sounds terrible. So less and fewer. Use these correctly, and you will just sound a whole heck of a lot smarter to other people. And again, this whole thing is not about sounding smarter. It's not what this podcast is about. That's not what I am trying to do here. But you have to be able to speak, like I just keep going back to it, you have to be able to speak somewhat grammatically correct. And I'm again, you don't need to be an English major, but you need to have like a 50% good grasp on the English language to communicate clearly, effectively, and motivate people to follow you. So that's why I'm spending so much time here. So, so far we covered literally, we covered lesser, fewer, when to use those, and our third one, and again, it's so hard to pick. It's so hard to pick just three because there are so many and I would love to, you know, maybe maybe we'll do three with a bonus today. Yeah, we'll do three with a bonus. So here's one that I think is so elementary, my dear Watson. But I see this incorrectly used in emails all the time. And I don't understand. But then and then. So then and then. How can people mess this up. I mean, come on. I don't get it. Absolutely no excuse for this one. If you are 
misusing these in an email, don't put your hands up. Don't embarrass yourself in front of all these people that are around you. But just know you need to be able to use these correctly. So what is the difference between then and than? Only one letter, but I can tell you it alters the meaning a whole heck of a lot. So then, T-H-E-N, is used whenever time is, you know, whenever there's a relationship to time. I did A, then I did B, then I did C. So it's giving me a sequence in time upon when, upon which each event, upon when each event was completed. So there is a sequence. It is time-based. You're able to see, you're able to see the order that I did those three things. And then then is used to compare or indicate a difference between two things. I went to the dog park, then I went to the grocery store. So, so T-H-E-N, showing the relationship between two things in time, or you are older than Sophia. Comparing, then time-related, than, T-H-A-N, comparative. So make sure you don't mess these up. They're super easy when you're typing that email. If you don't know which one to use, Google it, use a different word, or ask someone the difference. Um, so you're maybe a little bit embarrassed in front of one person instead of sending an email to a whole group and then having a whole group of people thinking, wow, this person's a moron, doesn't know the difference between these words. So three ways to avoid sounding like a moron in front of a group of people whether it is through spoken or written communication. So thank you so much for checking out the episode today. Really informal kind of rambling. I want to have this show be a lot less formal just to show that, you know, to make more people want to listen. Not that I'm some, some really tight kind of reading from a script type of dude. So I'm really passionate about this, and if you have any questions whatsoever, I want you to email me. I still have my old email, ian at highhopesinitiative.com, so email me through that way. I would love to talk to you guys. Uh, So last week, we had my first interview. I could not have dreamt that it would go as well as that one did. So if you haven't checked out Tom, please do. Thank you so much.